you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum Business American Express card member, you'll know a thing or two about an expertly packed capsule wardrobe that balances business and leisure. So you can go from conference sleek to cocktail party chic with a few new accessories. You can hustle from 9 to 5 before exploring with ease from 5 to 9. Because you're the chief excursion officer. The Delta SkyMiles Platinum Business American Express card. If you travel, you know. Learn more at go.amex slash you know business. When you're constantly on the move, it's not just pits that break a sweat. From your armpits to your thighs and everywhere in between, new whole body deodorant cream and sticks from Shea Moisture are your secret weapon to staying fresh and confident all day long. Made from melanin-rich skin and packed with plant-based goodness, embrace a new era of freshness with whole body and stick deodorants from Shea Moisture. Find them at your nearest Walmart and walmart.com. And when you do, your whole body's covered. Welcome to the friend zone. Every time I'm in the zone. My name is Dustin. I'm Francesca, also known as Hey Friend Hey. My name is Asante. This is the friend zone. Let's start the show. I'm in the zone. I'm so tired of being broke. I'm so tired of being broke. I want money. I want money. I'm so tired of being broke. I'm so tired of being broke. I want money. I want money. I'm so tired of the being broke. The name on everybody's so lips is gonna be Roxy. I'm gonna make all our chips. It's gonna be Roxy. I'm so tired Brandy done lost her so goddamn mags. Is playing that broke. Roxy. She's starting to act. Like that other rapper money. whose name was Foxy. Oh, I just yes, seen a oh, picture yes, oh, yes, of her both, baby oh, yes, earlier. Both, oh, yes, She's cute. For the gun, the gun, the gun, the gun. Oh, yes, they both reach for the gun, for the gun. It's, oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes, they both. Oh, yes, they both. Oh, yes, they both reach for the gun, the gun, the gun, the gun. Oh, yes, the gun, the gun, for the gun. Understandable, understandable. Yes, it's perfectly understandable. Comprehensible, comprehensible. No, he don't say it twice. <laughs> Your face is making all of Chicago this. was a, a moment when you did that. <laughs> I actually really enjoyed Chicago. And I had no intention of freestyling or beatboxing after. Trap Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> Sante's mic just took a nosedive. It just, my mic just went dead and (laughs) dropped. Okay. Well, we are doing something a little different, something new. (laughs) Something yellow and something blue. I don't know. I just wanted to rhyme without rhyming. (laughs) Dustin, why are you just shaking your head at me like that? I'm just ready to say welcome to the friend zone. (laughs) Your weekly look into all things mental health, mental wellness, and mental hygiene. Because who in the hell, hell would like to have a musty brain? <laughs> I know I don't. Not me. And shout out to uh, Maya, Shameless Maya and the House of Shameless for making that cute graphic. Did you oh, see it? Oh, yes. This is who in the hell wants a musty brain. And then underneath it has Dustin. <laughs> <laughs> like the prophet that he is. A qu- quiz out. <laughs> quiz out. Everything Maya does is so bomb. 
right? Like, even her braid game. I was like, did she redo the braids? And they bomb again? (laughs) (laughs) She's so cute. She is. I love Maya and everything she puts out. There's just an element of polish to the things that she does. And it is so refreshing. Her quality. Shout out to Shameless Maya. Shout out to Shameless Maya. You know, she part of the friend zone. She is. (laughs) Who was it when Black Enterprise wrote about (laughs) us, but they used the picture that she... Maya. (laughs) Her little face on the side. (laughs) Hilarious. So let's jump in. Last week's show, we discussed perfectionism versus excellence. And it was a pretty... Pretty great conversation. I think we showed all of our vulnerability, which is extremely helpful, I think, so that we all know that we're not alone. And as usual, those of you listening had a lot of amazing things to add and to say. So, Asante, who stood out to you? You are not alone. You are not alone. <clears throat> I want to give a shout out to Rachel from the email. Uh, Rachel's email on the episode Perfection versus Excellent states Hey, all. I totally love your podcast, and like many other episodes, this one resonated with me. Yay. I used to have problems with perfectionism or allowing outside influences to tell me how I'm supposed to feel about myself or my work. Most stemmed from insecurities or from childhood parental imprinting of unrealistic expectations with a dash of religious standard. Mm. Once I had an understanding that things start spiritually and manifest naturally, I took the time to elevate that the difference... Oh, pardon me. <clears throat> I took the time to evaluate... That the difference between perfectionism and excellence is that being a perfectionist hedges a sense of anxiety or panic around the task or goal to be done, and if failed, leaves inner and outside influences to dictate what the art, goal, or task you created is. Mm. So I just want to shout that out for hitting that right on the head, because if you don't know the difference, you're going to know the difference and see it and understand it and take it for what it is. What about you, Fran? What did you find? Well, just on a personal note, when I was listening back especially the part where you were discussing like not having the proper equipment for photography. And I was thinking of a lot of singers that don't have like studio time, mm-hmm. you know, for, and if they do get studio time, it's usually like their friend's house and they're in their uh, closet that they turn into a booth. We've all been there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but one thing I've learned is that that's actually how people can create their own styles though. True. You know, like, Maybe the minimal equipment you have and the sound that that produces is what separates you from what is out and quote-unquote polished. I've heard a lot of singers or even painters more specifically that created styles out of the tools that they had available to them and then ended up killing the game because people were like, i never seen that before. And it's like because they innovated a style Original. as opposed to going to school to get trained in specific styles that are already created and already out there. So instead of viewing your quote-unquote limitations as limitations, view them as an opportunity to innovate what's not already out. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is what separates creatives from followers. Absolutely. Just like this new eyebrow trend. The swig, the squiggly. Uh-huh. <laughs> Step out. You know what I'm saying? Do something new. Yes, you look a goddamn fool, but you was the first oh fool God. that looked like that. So, you know, I just think that's a great Damn example. See, and before you said that, I was going to say something along the lines of becoming a product of your environment, mm-hmm. but never that mind. That can be applicable, too. Where do they live? 
Because I didn't seen some eyebrows, baby, that's been reaching for the stars. I call it's them telethon eyebrows. But that's not for real, huh? right? The brows. Well, that's not, you know, I would hope that some, I hope <laughs> no. the finger wave eyebrows I seen finger wasn't for real. Eyebrows, one bitch, hers, one girl, hers was braided. Did you see that? <laughs> what? She had braided eyebrows. <laughs> How do you braid an eyebrow? It was braided down. It was an inward, like, French braid. <laughs> it looked like a goddess braid across her eyebrow. <laughs> Friend, what did I'm you sorry, find? I'm okay. This is what happened. Because <laughs> <Yep. laughs> I have yep. questions, too. It's about being bold. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Okay, so on SoundCloud, Trevor mm-hmm. Wagner, who I actually have to shout out because Trevor Wagner was the winner of the Aracacia set, the eight. Oil kit in the bag, the set, oh, the and bag. the Madewell leather bag. Hey. And Trevor was the winner. He was the eleventh person to give me a hug. Smile yourself right quick, Trevor. <laughs> Shout out to you. So Trevor says, "Real talk, I'm a recovering perfectionist. I wrote my first book years ago, but I never put it out until last year because I thought, who am I to write a book?" But last year, I overcame that and worked my ass off from Kickstarter campaign to connecting with this and that to create, okay, campaign to connecting with this and that creatives for photos and editing to designing the cover and internal pages, etc. You just got to get shit done and be where you are. And then he wrote, I learned that from Fran. So I thought that was great because I think that's another thing we have discussed, like the imposter syndrome or you feeling Mm -hmm. like, who the hell am I to have such and such career or to be amazing or try to pursue music when a lot of these fields are oversaturated as it is. And you feel like you what do you have to bring that isn't already out there or maybe you're not as good as so and so, you know, who are me? Right. So I think that that was really dope that Trevor was able to kind of fight that and and put his book out anyways. What you say his name was? Trevor Wagner. I knew he was a perfectionist. Why? His Cause name? Because he won. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. I actually saw that one. <laughs> <laughs> he said I saw that one. And then for the wellness segment, yes. I wanted to shout out... Uh, is it B.A. Style Foul Girl? A ba bus? Okay. I'm going to go with B.A. Style Foul Girl. And then like a, like a, an inspiration. B.A. Style right. Foul B.A. Style Foul B. A. Girl. B.A. Style Foul Girl. I'm hoping I'm reading you right, you girl. You better be a style foul girl. <laughs> Her name is Casey. And she goes, Fran, since you spoke on the cognac sponge, mm-hmm. which is the elephant yam, the root vegetable that is used as an exfoliator, she said that there's a black-owned brand that sells them. <sighs> Hello. Are you, are we black when I tell you, you know, when I the tell you. And it's honeyandpetals.com. I did not even know about them, never heard of them. Thank you so much to Casey for putting that on our radar. So yes. if you didn't already buy yours or maybe you want to buy another one, support black business, honeyandpetals.com. You send that me. other shit back. We're going to get you some honey and petals. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine. I'd like to return this, please. Okay. Um, and that's it for me. What about you, Dustin? What'd you find in these Twitter streets? Out here in the Twitter streets, I found, and don't say nothing to me about skipping the song this week. You know, variety is the spice of life, and in this case, it's the seasoning salt. Now, 
Um, I would like to say that I want to give the first one. This is just food for thought. This goes out to uh, the Chaco Otter, the C H O C O O T T E R, and that's your business on why you picked that name. <laughs> I don't care nothing about that. This is a judgment free zone, right? But your tweet is said the gays, quote, love is love, equality. Trans woman of color dies. The gays. Uh, that ain't got nothing to do with me. <laughs> oh, no. That's all. Just a little fool for thought. Um, I also would like really? to highlight, okay, a couple other tweets that was out here. The first one I would like to highlight goes to uh, Fruitian at I'm Diamond Rivera, who quoted a tweet from KHOU 11 News in Houston, Texas, that was asking that the FBI seeks the public's help in finding this woman who robbed two banks in the Houston area. And attached was a picture of a young lady in an obvious blonde wig who was robbing a Capital One bank. And uh, Fruitian uh, quoted the tweet and said, right here, officer, at Tommy Lauren. So I thought that that was worthy of recognition. Um, I would also like to give a shout out to at Fia's Life Real, who tweeted, look at Dustin's shout out from one actor to another. Thank you for sharing. Honing your craft will give you confidence in what you do. Truth. So I'm glad we are connecting. I also want to give a shout out to at Marita Applehead, who tweeted, whenever I see a funny tweet, I feel it is my obligation to share it with look at Dustin. I'm a tweet scout. I'm like a friend turn. Friend turn endeared me to the tweet. That's I thought it was cute. funny. Right. Friend turn. Shout out to her. I also friend tweeted um, that I had taken a picture at the new Daniel Asher uh, installation, which is beautiful. It's on display here in New York City in Soho. Anyway, I was in there. They had this big white moonlight. Oh and it was next to a black wall. And I just felt inspired <laughs> to recreate the album artwork for Tanache's <laughs> Night Ride album. But I couldn't get it done because I kept laughing. I couldn't stop laughing. So I've tweeted the picture and told you guys that I couldn't stop laughing. And then literally some nigga, that's what his Twitter's name says, some nigga. At oh, my God. N- I have something to read from him, too. Yes. I'm screaming. At N-I-L-A-N-J-L. So tonight is your night, baby. I'm screaming. You know, he retweeted the picture side by side with Tinashe's track listing. And he recreated her track titles. <laughs> And call oh mine my God, the fact day that trip he's versus the night ride. This is hilarious. <laughs> and so I just, you know, shout out to everybody being funny. Now, God. That was funny. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> and that's all I got out here in these streets. Shout out to It's Carrie laughing through the storm down in Houston, Texas. Um, who has had me cracking up laughing all week long. Oh, we He's so you, funny. Yes. So shout out to Carrie's Corner. He's such a trooper. Um, and shout out to everybody in Texas and all the areas that's affected by all these Republican-ass hurricanes that we want to just relax. Okay? Yeah. Somebody need to tell Irma, sit your ass down somewhere. We tired of that. Calm <laughs> down. Okay? That's what we need to tell them. So shout out to everybody that had to be perseverant. We respect you. And that's it. I'm gonna see, I want to try to see if. Into my kitchen, we have bananas and avocados. <laughs> <laughs> Bananas and avocados. Okay. That is what he sent me that okay. had me crying when I was talking during Asante's music man segment about this indie accent. Bananas and <laughs> avocados. <laughs> and his name was uh, Krish. 
on a vine. C H R I C uh what? C H R I S H. He was the viner. You can find his videos from Vine on YouTube now. <laughs> and it's the indie voice videos that he does. They will have you crying. Crying. Nice. Nigga sound like Macy Gray. You know she sound different on set than oh she be like God. in a studio. <laughs> like Bananas. when she was in uh, for color girls. <laughs> oh yeah, she had me rolling in color girls. <laughs> oh Ooh, that's so funny. <laughs> she did Whoop her and Whoopi Had me rolling The color girls Y'all know Whoopi Was funny in color girls What you mean She Cause funny. remember When she was like oh I God. need money And uh, Tandy Doon Gonna say Girl for what And she goes to Whoopi gonna say Things I fell out When I tell you I fell out And then she's like She did this part Right here too Remember she was like I remember you you're the devil. <laughs> just, she was just so mean. Like, oh my God. <laughs> she had me. Remember when she was passing them flyers <laughs> out? The way she was <laughs> handing the flyers? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the way she was, it was just, Whoopi was what? funny and colored girls. I'm sorry. <laughs> I hate that you are a spot on because she was. the first time I watched I said, I don't really know if I feel, I'm feeling this format because <sighs> the way they were trying to tie it together. <laughs> but Whoopi just always had a moment in that movie that took me out. I mean, she was acting her ass off. She was. But it was funny. Like, she can't help but, you know. Because Whoopi always put her foot in Yeah, when she said things, I'm like, how poignant, right? (laughs) I've always wanted to say that when, like, your parents, you know, they ask you why you ask them, what do you need? What? Give me the damn money. It don't matter what I need. I need things. The way she said that. And then she told her daughter she was the, I remember you. You're the devil. I fell out but just how like you say she that fell to out. Your daughter, I know. Okay. <laughs> that movie was. Yo. I mean, my mouth was open. <laughs> there were some real fucked up parts of that movie, so I just got to really think yeah, about them. Yeah, no, highs. let's not even. No, that's why I really got to think about them. Let's not now. recount those stories. <laughs> so, speaking of stories, Ooh. are you guys ready to jump into this week's episode? We sure are. Yeah. Connect, <laughs> friend. Connect, friend. I'm like, listen, yeah. <laughs> Y'all, y'all ready to, to be say. triggered again? Go ahead. Yes. No, it's so stupid. I was just going to say for like the million time, the, I, every time it comes up on my Netflix and I don't want to name the movie that we've named a million times already, I forget <laughs> what it's about. <laughs> and then I watch it a little bit again. And I remember that it's a black ass mess. Which one, the man in yes. TV? <laughs> I don't know why I always go back and watch that it. Is a Cause every time I see what's his name, Arnez, I don't remember art. his real name. I always call him Arnez because that was his character on uh, one on one. Oh, the, the light one. Him, <laughs> Robert Richard. Is that something what like it is? that? Is it? Yeah, I think I that's don't his know. name. <laughs> it's like Robert Richard. He, I he think. was rough in that movie. <laughs> he had a hard time. Well, how could you not be rough in that movie? <laughs> I they mean, shot it on a Motorola StarTech <laughs> in a goddamn shotgun house somewhere talking about his apartment. There ain't no goddamn after, apartment. Right. And he was after the Greenleaf man. Right. <laughs> that whole... Who still can't you know act. What? No, I'm just playing. I'm just <laughs> oh playing. God. I'm totally just playing. That was a joke. <laughs> and it was fun. <laughs> Y'all see where okay. this episode's going now today, Now I'm ready, friend. Now I'm ready. <laughs> Bear with us. Um, so tying into last week's episode where we discussed how the ways that you get in your own way, mm-hmm. we wanted to discuss on this week's episode, I was thinking, and this was uh, honestly inspired a lot by my wellness retreat tour and the different 
layers and breakthroughs we've had in each city. Since we can't come. Right. <laughs> we'll have to do the one for the men. <laughs> um, I don't know niggas. I don't hear what y'all talking about. <laughs> but it tied so well, pretty seamlessly, honestly, into last week's episode. So I felt like this would be such an amazing conversation to have with Dustin and Asante. Because I'm curious to see your thoughts on it and how you guys work through these different aspects of excellence and creativity and just like fulfilling your goals. So the question that I had for you guys. So, okay, let me backtrack a little bit. People were saying, how do you work through the blocks, though, the mental blocks, the different things that are in your way? Because it's one thing to acknowledge them. But what do you do when you know that they're there? How do you work through it? So one tool that has been helpful to me that I've shared on the retreat is just the idea of, Writing down, and obviously this will tie into my wellness segment as well, so we can just kind of just jumble them all together. But writing down the five things that when you close your eyes and think of your life as a whole, think of it as a movie, all the different chapters, everything you've been... I love that Dustin really just leaned back and closed his eyes. (laughs) 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 All the different things you've been through. Let's think of your tragedies. Let's think of the hardest aspects of your life that honestly define you because they were so difficult because i have learned even in science that we tend to remember the negative things more than the positive things because when you're shattered by them you know trying to put those pieces together takes so much time that it's like the memory is like ingrained in you and it's kind of something harder to get past so you remember it more with more clarity so my question is thinking of all those tragedies Think of the stories you've created, though, out of those tragedies. Like, how have they held you back? And I'm curious to ask you guys, the first question is, what are, give, obviously, to your comfort zone, what are five stories that you tend to cling on to when people want to know who you are and what your story is? Like, what are five things, whether it's your sexuality, your religion, something you went through with your parents, anything that tend to be your storylines. I'm glad you said sexuality because I was trying to figure out how to say good in bed in like a good way. But you said <laughs> your sexuality. So that's what that means, right? <laughs> no. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, I don't know. You know, I have definite things that, two things, two identifiable things that I can pinpoint from my childhood um, and three defining moments from an adult. Now, that's the best I can do for him. Yeah. Okay? Like, those are the five things. I definitely have a list, and it's comprised, as I said, of two things from my childhood and three things that happened to me before age 25. Well, right. two before age 25 and one before age 30. But you have them in your head. Have them itemized, honey. Okay. I really wrote them in blood red ink. <laughs> what about you, Asante? Can you think of at least five stories that have you've allowed to attach to you and define you as a person? No, I cannot. But that's because the one that speaks to me the most makes it hard for me to think of the other other ones. Like, so it's just one major one. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, that's fair. That I can see. Right. And I feel like that's, like, one of the things is um, not that I just haven't been present for a very long time. Like, slowly but surely, I've been getting pieces of myself back. But I think somewhere along the line, like, in my childhood, I kind of just shut out 
everything and I went on like auto drive. And as I grew up, I figured out pieces to, you know, make everything okay and get me along. But um, be, I think when we started doing the show and you pointed out the shutdown and I, how I had to deal with that, I came to realize I blocked a lot of shit out. So there are probably Most things have, that yeah. I have not dealt with and I don't even really even know what it looks like right now. Right. Like just thinking. It needs to be like unearthed. Right. Like even the way that I perceive myself in the world is through other people's eyes. Like I, over the past like couple of years, I've had to say, okay, this is who I am to myself. Like not who I am to other people and what other people are going to think when I'm talking to them, how I make other people feel. Like I had to, like I'm, I'm still in the process of getting to know myself, if that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. when I think of all these stories and... <clears throat> Like, I could sit up here and say things, but in my mind, I, w- I would just be saying things. And I think that that's part of me being, like, not not present. Like, I can just say things to answer your question, but I haven't really given a lot of these things a second thought. Because when they happened to me, I was so in the frame of mind of, like, just push forward or just go past it and, and kind of burying it m- memories under, you know, good memories or just fillers to get it out of my mind. I think we're... Most people are guilty of that, which is why this exercise is so helpful because I think we're all really good at repressing and finding people to soothe us by distracting us, whether it's in relationships or just being social. You know, we find we have our different escape routes, but that's why this makes such an impact because sometimes you need to just see it. And I and what I actually what I asked the women on the tour is to write these things down in their journals, like actually write them down. I give them time to really flush them out, what they look like, e- even in the vivid detail of how it makes you feel. Like, what's the effect that it has now that it's coming out? Is it a tightness in your chest? You know, do you is it in your back? Like, describe the effect that it has. A lot of people are affected whether they're eating emotionally, you know, dating. People they don't even want to date or don't make them actually feel good just to be doing something, you know, to not be spending time with themselves. Like, we all have different reactions to those different stories. But my question outside of that, now that you guys, like, know what those are, is how much have you allowed those stories to define your actions and all of your moves? And how much have you used it to gain sympathy for people? where your concern is more so not to getting past them and working through them necessarily, but more so getting the validation that they bring, where people sometimes are addicted to their tragedies because it lets people give, like, it's a, it brings you attention at the end of the day. And I got motivated by that where I was telling the guys, I don't want to do interviews anymore because people always ask me about my kidney. And... This hey friend, hey, all the work I've put into it always gets chopped down to, oh, you built it from a tragedy, you know. And for a long time, I even used that as a a way to be viewed as like more amazing. You know, it's like, yes, I had an illness and I healed myself. And granted, that was an amazing thing that I did. But like, how many times do I have to reactivate that story? <laughs> how many times do I have to tell it again? How many times do I have to go back to that chapter just to prove that who I am now, right now, today, that you're listening to me is amazing? Why can't who I am right now stand alone? You know, why can't you think I'm amazing without me feeling this need to be like, yeah, but you don't even know, like, what I've been through, man. (laughs) You know, like, I don't, 
why do I have to rehash that for you to find? You know, and I think it's something that we have a tendency to do. You know what I'm sorry. You know what I'm about to say. What? I heart Huckabees. Of course. (laughs) So in the movie, excuse me, um, Jude Law and Dustin Hoffman, there's a scene, or actually I think uh, even Lily Tomlin's in the scene too, because, you know, Dustin Hoffman and Lily Tomlin, they have this this agency and they're existential detectives. And so they're actually playing back a series of when they recorded Jude Law's character um, telling this story over and over and over again about how... He tricked Shania Twain into eating food, and she said she was a vegetarian, and there was like mayo or everybody or in shit. this damn movie, shit. <laughs> right? I everybody in their motherfucking mama, names. right? So then they play this tape over for him. And he's like listening to himself tell the story over and over again, and they're like you know, he's like, "Why are you doing this?" I'm like, "Why do you always feel the need to tell that story?" And it's like to show that you have control, like you know, maybe to show you're likable, and pointing out the reasons that he would rehash this one scenario over and over again. We all do it. I think this is something that is very easily and quite often misinterpreted as attempting to gain a level of understanding and or attempting to get to know someone or allow someone to get to know you. You often have to explain yourself through the lens of, as you said, friend, these stories that you've attached to yourself. No, I don't tell everyone X, Y, Z. I only tell that with people. I only share that rather with people who I have a certain level of closeness with. You know, you hear that very often from people. And it's because you want people to gain an understanding of, quote, unquote, who you are, why you make the certain moves you make or whatever. And so this is something that is often apparent in new relationships or new connections um, dating um, when you move to a new city making new friends you know and you tell people bits and pieces of your past as an explanation for or as context when they're trying to interpret like your reaction to something or a decision or a choice that you made so it gets tricky because you're like I don't ever do that you know I'm sitting over here like I don't ever do that shit and then I'm like damn but do I do say this right. when I'm getting to know someone new or when this is happening i do often you know offer up this information so it's something that as you said friend we all may be guilty of and something that you really should pay attention to because it does pop up you will see it more now that you're thinking about it and i think even you bringing up like it's it's a way for people to understand you and sometimes we will share our tragedies or like how we had to pull ourselves up from the bootstrap like even that concept of like you don't know what I've been through you know to be where I'm at like that's supposed to make you think I'm more amazing and what why is it that we have to share tragedies to be understood who I am now like yes I've been through a lot and I say it I catch myself all the time like I'll say it I'll be like man my life ain't been no crystal stare because <laughs> it hasn't it's, it's, it's been a rough one but when I meet people now whether it's on my tour or just in working environments like you guys, people don't know my childhood. Right. No one knows it. All they know is like, I like how Fran makes me feel. I like how she thinks. Granted, this is if you feel that way. Because <laughs> you might not. Um, <laughs> right? <laughs> but, um, you know, for the people around me that have met me and have been impacted or just, you know, like being around me, I enjoy being in the present with them where they just enjoy that. And I don't have to pull out the scroll of like, do you know why I'm like this? (laughs) Because this happened and this happened. And I think that's why interviews make me anxious because 
people don't know how to interview you without being in the present and mm. just enjoying who you are now and being like, let's talk about who you are now. It always goes, well, take us back to, you know, because they want to create this story arc of, wow, things were so bad for you and like you pulled through and like it gives people hope. And I get it. There's an element of of that sharing those stories that are important. Like we even talked like in the pillow talk episode, like how much do you share with your ex about mm -hmm. what you've been through so they can understand <laughs> why you react the way you react to certain things, why certain things piss you off, why certain things trigger you. Like, yes, there's an understanding that's attached to sharing. And I, I mean, hello, I'm the queen of wanting to share childhood <laughs> shit. <laughs> High mask with the theater mask episode and every other episode we've had. I love that. But what I'm learning now in the space I'm in is, like, why can't I find joy, though, in just where I am now and meet someone and not have to share all these tragedies and just, like, be comfortable in Fran just being dope because Fran's dope right now. Right. And that's that. Why can't that be the be-all, end-all? Like, you know what I mean? It's we, hard to it's find hard. joy because it's always running late. Like they say, it don't come till the morning. So, you know. <laughs> Joy, it'd be all right. Joy, come soon. Joy, come in the morning. <laughs> the fuck is that? Don't make me feel no damn better. <laughs> Stop with that, too, since we're talking about keeping it real, okay, and not using things as an excuse. Stop telling me these empty promises. These empty I hate promises. to go there, but on Power last week, <laughs> when Tasha's uh, relatives was consoling her, she had the nerve to be holding her hands, talking about some, it's, you know, it's, everything just happens for a reason. You just have to trust God. What? My daughter just got gunned down, and you telling me everything happens for a reason? So stop these empty promises, promises. That's all. No, oh my god. But Sorry here's about that my tangent, friend. no. Here's my question to you guys: Have you ever found yourself? Because we are focusing on career. You mm -hmm. know, like, can you thrive in your career without allowing your tragedies to define you? Can you create a career that's not based on your wound, but based on where your spirit is now? Is that possible? Can you see that? But my second question is, how about in relationships? When you have you ever and be truthful, have you, you ever me. found yourself um, using your stories, your backstories, what you've been through, stuff that your your partner, you know, no matter how deeply connected you guys are, but that they know about you? Have you ever found yourself kind of using it to manipulate? So to answer question B. <laughs> first right we're gonna go in reverse order just because mm -hmm. we do things different because i grew up without rules see how i just did it <laughs> anyway um yes it's very easy again this is where the tricky sticky part comes in with under with with attempting to gain understanding and confusing that with actually you know using this um what the fuck did we call it exactly what we're talking about sympathy a call for sympathy right, right. You oftentimes you reach disagreements in a new relationship in any relationship. I know people been married since the sixties and they don't do nothing but get into it. <laughs> so like you often try to gain understanding. Well, I did this because of X Y Z, and it's very very easy for that to then translate transition into, you know, you bringing up things that happened in your past that have shaped. If I could breathe right. Damn, it's like I keep having <laughs> this reflux. Like, right, don't I look crazy? I'm over, I look like Katy Perry dancing and shit because I'm trying to catch my breath and not have a, a air bubble moment over the mic. Anyway, so 
but yes, it's very easy though to end up offering up those things that happened in your past as an explanation for your behavior, your reasoning, um, your your way, your approach, your style, all those things in a relationship. So that's such an awakening when you realize that, and then you stop finding fault in your partner for certain actions and you literally approach it from a place where they just don't know that about you and so they're acting from there it completely shifts your perspective it changes your whole everything even the way y'all talk to each other so yes to answer your question now question a was what again because i got (laughs) an answer for that too i just need a little peek back in the room (laughs) (laughs) no that was actually perfect okay because what i was because okay so my example Mm is that I had an ex who would either he'd shut down like when some when he did something wrong or <laughs> let's say like with cheating this was a relationship where there was a lot of cheating involved and I this was like my uh early phases of Captain Save a Ho so I was like I'm going to help him figure this out you know hmm. and I was like your issue is your relationship to your mom so like I was <laughs> So, and granted it was, you know, this is like my early like lessons and readings. And I remember going with him and his mom and like I helped them repair their relationship and it really affected him in a lot of ways. But then he started using that as manipulation, though, to continue the behavior. Oh, because you know my relationship with my mom. You know better than anyone what I've been through. And so he'd continue the shitty behavior with this excuse, continue the behavior. With this excuse. And it got to a point where I was like, ah, okay. Fuck you and your mom. No, <laughs> <laughs> Legit. <laughs> no, but it got to a point where I was like, he's not trying to get past this story. This is a story that has validity. Mm-hmm. Valid claims. His childhood was terrible. His mom was terrible to him. Cannot take that away from him. Cannot even take away why he acts the way he acts because of that story. But if you keep using the story to act that way, then that means that you like the story. You like it. Mm -hmm. You like the sympathy. You're addicted to the excuse of it. And you're not actually trying to change anything. You're not trying to be a better person. and You're not trying to get anywhere. So you have to be mindful. And obviously his is a a little bit of an extreme case, but I think we all do it to a certain degree. Where, like, with last week's episode, whatever our procrastination is, whether it's the voice, our parents' inner voice and what they used to tell us, okay, fuck your parents. (laughs) Like, really, truly, fuck your parents. A lot of what they said was based on their own insecurities that they're projecting on you. You know, their own ways that they feel they fall short, their own issues that they didn't confront and deal with. And now they're trying to put that on you and you're taking it on. And now you're not fulfilling the shit that you came here to fulfill. Like, that's a problem. But at the end of the day, what happened? These are all stories, stories, stories that you're allowing to define your daily moves. That's so problematic. And the way some of y'all mamas be lying is probably not even true in the first damn place. Legit, though. Look at That's the biggest part. No, you didn't. (laughs) Just an example. And I was just getting ready to tie her in because, like you said, you got to tell a person sometimes, go away from me with this. You know what I'm saying? But then I thought about it. I can't because she's a liar, too. And a lot of y'all, y'all know y'all mamas is the one that lie all the time. Y'all know it. All of that. Oh my God. It's the truth. I'm completely on board with this discussion. And that's not saying everybody's parents are the rotten apples in the basket, but some of y'all mamas do have blemishes. 
You know what I'm saying? It's just the truth. Well, no, I mean, if you found your, because a lot of people were tweeting us like, yo, that's so real. Like, I do hear my parents' voice. Mm-hmm. That is a lot of the the criticism and the self-doubt stems from conversations with them as a child and, you know, their disciplining, their disciplinarian style and just all the different things that affect how you move. And I'm like, that's so sad that we all are guilty of letting these stories of like fuck us up in such deep ways. I mean, it, and not for nothing, during those times, our parents were not trying to do the work. I no, don't think that was like a thing. So no. people that like let that affect them to like this day don't even realize that your parents may have been just doing the best that they were doing at the time. They had no control of what was going on. And now you... Because, you know, I feel like when I think about my stories, like, I have a library in my head. And whatever books I have out right now are the stories that I'm talking about. Right. But a lot of those books are directly what I feel like I have to be dealing with. I don't have anything checked out from my parents right now. Only because so I, real. I really feel like my parents, they knew they had to raise a child, but they still had to go on about their business. So now that I'm grown, I worry about doing stuff for my parents, you know, because they're getting older. But outside of that, I don't. It's hard for me to even think about the things that they instilled in me. Like my mama, because I grew up with her all the time, I can like literally see my like myself doing and saying some of the same things she does. But I, I always check myself when I get stuck in those like negative things that she had. Like when I would like do something for somebody, and then I would feel like maybe they didn't uh, give me the reciprocation that I needed. I would think when my mom was when she used to say like, "Them people don't care about you, no way." But then it's like, well, you just saying that, like you know, that's just like a thing in your head because when your mom used to say that when you were younger, exactly. like it wasn't even like nobody it's not really founded don't, on right anything happening today. My mom ain't even here to know the situation. <laughs> even put this in my head right now. Like, why did I even get triggered to think that that was a thing for this? So I always have to like check and then double check what the fuck is happening yeah i just want to give a shout out to the parents that do try because there's a huge difference to me than parents who attempt to just have an authoritarian rule and they just parent their children from the premise of them being the the authoritative figure and the children being the subordinate as opposed to parents who may not have the best toolbox and may not have skills of i don't know enriching or nourishing their children but they try and they're you know, open to learning they're open to through learning. their children. They kept their ears open. They listened to their children. And they were a true advocate and really a guide and a leader for their children. And you can tell when you go to different things like graduation ceremonies and you see certain parents sitting back looking proud. And they're kind of disconnected from the machine of it all. But they're there and present. And all they wanted was just for their children to have this accomplishment or for, to support their children in a certain way. I just feel like those parents need to get props. Totally. Because because there's a lot who don't go outside of their immediate wants for their child. Okay, mm-hmm. if you don't go along with this program, then that's where the buck stops with them right. as a, in the capacity of a parent. Mm-hmm. And that's just such a big difference. And so I just feel like they deserve to be celebrated. So Yeah, yes. totally. That's all. And I think um, I love that you even bring up like the story how many of the stories do come directly from your parents' stories that they haven't confronted. Because I think that's really how this all works. Mm -hmm. And with me, and obviously trigger warning for those of you listening, but (laughs) (laughs) you got to let people know. But, um, like, I, for a long time, when I think of my five stories, and there's plenty more, I there's one, there's a sexual abuse story that I let affect me from the age of nine to I mean in my 30s and 
it took and that would be like to the point where I wouldn't be able to get out of bed. Right. Or I'd have a project or something due or something. And whenever that story felt like kicking up, which would always be coincidentally when I was like reaching a new level of growth or a new level of expansion or reaching a new goal. Always those stories are just like waiting in the wings. And that one kicked up. And I remember one day I was like in bed and I couldn't get up. Like it just was like that paralyzing, you know, when you're just like consumed by the thoughts and replaying things. And I remember being like, how crazy is it that I'm in my fucking 30s, (laughs) in my 30s, you know, and this and I feel this in my on a cellular Mm -hmm. level today. Like that's wild. And I shared a story before where, like, I saw the person one day and he was, like, laughing on the street with someone. And I was like, how crazy. Granted, I'm catching him in a minute of his day. It doesn't mean anything. But there was something so impactful that I was walking around like Daria (laughs) for a big chunk of my life depressed and feeling completely destroyed. And he's just walking laughing with someone, you know? Simple things and shit. I mean, like, life was just grand. And I was like, how wild how we let ourselves be held back by stories that we could work through not saying the stories are easy please don't take me as calling them stories to like devalue their impact but stories because at the end of the day that's what they are and I remember an ex of mine the one I always mentioned that made the biggest impact on my personality when I was having difficulties connecting to him on an emotional level, even on a physical level. And he's the one that was like, let's talk about where this comes from. Like, what happened? We talked about it. And I remember him being like, so what? <laughs> and I was so offended. I, he's like, yo, that happened when you were nine. Granted, his delivery could have been a little more catering. <laughs> but I never forgot how he was like, yo, who the fuck cares? Like, that dude is a piece of shit. He probably got that from God knows where that happened to him. He didn't work through that. Now you're going to sit here and not accept love and a relationship and things that are presenting to you because you're stuck on that. Wow. And I remember being offended. Like, how rude of you to think that I could just get over it, you know? And that was like my reflex. That's not easy to get over. But he's like, okay, it's not easy to get over. So what's the other option to just be consumed and not live a good life? I was like, you're right. That's not the best option, you know? And that kind of started getting me through like, okay, I got to fix this. And I realized through my retreat and just people that I meet on a regular basis is like how these stories, we latch on to them and we use them almost for people to be like, wow, man, you've been through a lot. And we like, like that. (laughs) And we like feed off of that sympathy that's obviously filling a void of like, attention or something you didn't have or don't have currently when you could very well build a brand or whatever you're working on that's based on just you being fly without any tragedy attached and I wonder why that's so weird for people to think of like why can't you be in your joy and and let that just be who you are because being sad is so glamorous sometimes. It is. It's Hollywood. <laughs> every Hollywood story. Think of every movie. Is there ever a movie where they're happy? I'm thinking of from every Claire to Danes end? movie or <laughs> The Wiz. <laughs> oh well, I was happy from beginning to end. <laughs> um, you feel me though? It's a story arc, mm-hmm. and we've bought into it even in our own lives. 
How many times have you been through something and people tell you, what is it? What's the saying? Um, I can't you even go through something to get to something. Those, something those concepts like, like, well, you know, or, or all that means is that your harvest is going to be bigger. And it's this idea of like, you have to go through more to come out even more successful. Like they measure the pain that you've gone through and put that against the harvest that you're going to, you know, like I just, it's interesting how we play into these concepts and how dangerous they are. Even to watch celebrities sometimes, you know, be like, everyone thinks my life is so easy, but there are all these bad things. And it's like, yeah, I'm sure you do have a lot of bad things and no one's taking any of that away from you. But why do you have to just put out this dumb shit? And I hate to be like this, but sometimes the Kardashians... They put out a lot of dumb shit and then they ask for sympathy and it's like, well, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about you right now because I just really don't care. <laughs> like, you know, like literally like, oh, I just had, you know, my 50th surgery. Da, 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 da. Like that's something you chose to do. And granted, you might not have liked something about yourself, but then people see that and they're like, oh, my God, there's someone out there just like me that didn't like something about themselves and they got it fixed. But then they make it look so like. The, the production of it all is kind of enthralling. So then people are kind of like drawn to that too. But I guess for as much of that, they're like, even think about heroes and shit. There are always like these stories of the good guy winning, but there's still like that's something that we want when we see a villain. Like we're like, oh, the villain, um, they put the hero through something. Like they've gone through something challenging. So now the hero is really going to come out on top. Right. So it's always like that battle of evil. Like if you have, like you were saying, like it's the greater devil, like the new levels, new or new devils, new levels, new devils. So when and people are fighting these villains evil and to shit, prevail, like right. that's the only way you come out on top. And granted, yes, that's helpful because a lot of us are going through shit, and sometimes it's nice to hear that you'll be okay. I get the tool that it plays and the role that it plays, but I also feel like that's a lot of why people are so attached to staying in these stories. And using them to manipulate in relationships. Because I've been through... How many times have you said that in here? You don't even know what I've been through. Let me tell you something. I want to do good. I don't want to be attached to no bullshit, no struggle, no hard times, no bad memories. I don't want none of it. I want to do good, be happy every day of my life. I want to be fulfilled. And that's what I want to be defining for me. So them bad days of 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 your or whatever the fuck, <laughs> I miss me with it. I don't want to talk about it. I hate bringing it up. I hate all of that shit. Delete all of that shit out of my history. I hate it. I let it let the record motherfucking reflect. I want my life to be good. Okay, I want to work hard, and by hard, I don't mean. Um, be inconvenienced. I mean, I'm willing to do whatever I got to do in order to be successful and I'm not lazy. I just would like to be happy on a daily basis and things going good. So I don't want no pity party. I don't always want to talk about everything that's wrong. I don't always <laughs> want to, you know, well, I, well, well, you know, this happened to me, so handle with care fuck that shit like i don't even want you to know my business like that anyway you know what i'm saying to be honest so i just that when people identify with those that rough like when people when that's defining for people and they feel like you have to you know walk on eggshells around them now because they went through this and they let you know that up front i hate all of that i respect everybody but i'm not into any pity parties or any of that let's have fun 
Let's be positive. Let's encourage each other. Let's make new good memories. We don't have to sit around and swap stories about, you know, who walked barefoot wherever they had to go or whatever the fuck. I don't, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not into that. Dead. So that's how I feel. But some people, you know, let's just assume we all have our library. Some people might not have those books in their library. What's that so, got to do with me? So when you come into the room with your story and it's happy and I want to hear that bullshit, mm-hmm. What's a good way? I'm, I'm trying to parlay this around. Mm-hmm. How, friend, would I borrow a book from a friend if I needed that story? Like, if I wanted the story of, like, what Dustin just said, like, you know what? Uh, he don't like being bothered with bullshit. And I don't want to put bullshit out. Like, I need to borrow my friend's book. What's up? No, you don't. You need to figure out how to be happy in your own life. And that assimilation shit is what kills a lot of stuff. Just because your other friend is 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 vocal about wanting things to be a certain way or whatever that don't have nothing to do with you and your books or none of that if you even if you want to be happy it's not even about approaching it the same way another person approaches it or what are they doing to have that sort of perspective it's not about that you just handle your shit the things in your life that make you unhappy you figure it out and you rectify that stuff i don't think there's no shared set of rules or no happiness for dummies book to be exchanged you know well, what I'm not saying? even to share the set of rules but to just be able to gain understanding from people because when people walk into these rooms with these stories and they don't know any any different and you're actually trying to give someone like you're trying to teach someone like you don't have to live in this story like i know people sometimes that will try to play me with the pity card and i'll just be like you know i want to be respectful and hear them of course but then i also want to be like like, damn, but that don't have to be your thing. Like, I don't know how to tell them, like... It doesn't define you. Right. Because... Tell them to listen to this episode. <laughs> We've done the work for all of us at this point. We got a link, okay? <laughs> because, like you said, it's it looks different for everybody. Uh-huh. So it's so hard to even... Um, I don't know. I, 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 I'm always on the fence. Because, like you, I don't want to be bothered with other people's bullshit sometimes. Or most of the time... I haven't figured out the nice way of saying I don't care. But um, I also see when people need that help or that hurt. And I'm the type of person that if you are in my friend circle, I want to help you get what you need, how it looks for you. Then, because I know also, and this might be selfish too, I know also that that's something for me too. Like if I can help you get an understanding for yourself, then that's also going to be able to like unlock a different part of myself, some sort of understanding. Maybe if not for the sake of our friendship, for the sake of learning a lesson in business that I have coming up or et cetera. So I always struggle with these concepts of, because we're talking about these stories and when people walk in the room, like if Anini Leakes did walk into the room and own the place, like what set of her stories am I supposed to cater more to if I care to versus, you know, me just having my own library up and we here. And when people come up to me with their stuff, I just be like, no, thank you. Well, what I appreciated with that one ex was that he didn't take on my story. He didn't put it on. He didn't try to fix it. He wasn't like, okay, you know, like, it's okay, baby. And none of that. None of that. And at the time, I like I said, I thought it was so cold because I didn't understand what he was doing. But now where I'm at now, I get it. He wasn't, it wasn't his job to take on my pain or my wound. And that's a problem that we, I think, misunderstand in relationships where we think I have, you have to take on your partner's life. No, mm-hmm. they should be working on it and you should be working on your shit. And then you guys meet each other in your greatness and that's a healthy relationship. Yeah, that doesn't mean you ignore his pain. He ignores yours. 
But that just means that you don't take it on. You don't need to take on no more problems. You got enough of your own. <laughs> so I, I appreciate that he was like, okay, I see this is happening. I see what the cause and effects are. And he was like, what do you want to do? You want to go to therapy? He got me books. Like, you know, it was very like, here are the tools. If you want to get through this, I have your back. Cry. You know, he he held space for me. And I've said this before. My friend Haas says it. A healer doesn't heal you. They hold space for you to heal yourself. So mm. he provided the space, his apartment, his home, something as simple as, hey, friend, did you read today? You know what I mean? He would ask like that. Did you read? Did you get that book that I got you? Did you read yet? Like that was his way of contributing to my healing. But you can't fix anyone. You can't save nobody. We try it all the time. I'm the main <laughs> the main culprit but I've learned my lesson because with a lot of people that I've quote unquote tried to fix they manipulated me by dragging me through their stories whenever they fucking needed to mm. and we all fall for it because we're like ride or die that's another concept that gets thrown in our head or we'd say <laughs> stupid shit to each other like I will never leave you no matter what stop saying that dumb shit that's a spell. Words are spells. <laughs> You're telling someone something that you should not be telling them because there are people you need to leave. You know what I mean? You can love someone and still need to leave their ass. You know what They're I mean? About to get <laughs> like, and get it to don't going. mean nothing about them as a person, but it means everything about you as a person in your life. You know what I mean? And so I feel like these stories are holding us back, whether we're taking on other people's, whether we're using our words to manipulate, whether we're using ours to hold us back. And I think it's time that we acknowledge them. And I know that that's not easy. And like I said, I'm not belittling or devaluing the stories, but I just think it's time that we're mindful. I remember someone said, oh, you know, it'd be dope if you started a college tour where you spoke about your sexual abuse and, like, you know, everyone knowing that would look at you and be like, oh, my God, and then they'll give them hope. No, I'm Are not reacting. A mind? tour where I'm talking about what? this on a regular basis. Who in the hell suggested that? And I was like, first of all, I'm reactivating that story on a cellular level for myself. Why would I do that to me? More, more repeatedly. City like, willfully. city. <laughs> 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 when the truth is me telling my story ain't going to save you from yours. What? It's just going to make you feel good for those 30 minutes that I speak. Yeah, you're going to be like, oh, my God. And then you'll go text your friend like, girl, hey, friend, hey, went through this. And, oh, my God. I feel No, it's doing a disservice to the both of us because the, you need to do your work and I am not reactivating that. <laughs> I'll share it maybe one time. So that it can be out there and, you know, it can hopefully be the catalyst to someone being like, I need help and actually getting it. But it's not your platform. But it's not my job either. I'm not reactivating that. And there was a guilt in my heart at first because I was like, how could I say no to that? That's fucked up. Like, if I could help someone. No, that's not how you help. You don't help someone by sacrificing yourself for a life of service. That's not how this shit works. You say no like my friend LaTroy. Shout out to Mr. L. Davis on Twitter. He's so damn like funny. Like LaTroy, say no. Two words, N-O. No. <laughs> <laughs> not two words. Two words. <laughs> two words, N-O. No. <laughs> what you doing, N-O? <laughs> okay. So, you know, I just, and I guess my last part is just, 
and this ties into the wellness segment so we don't even technically have to have like a full out wellness segment but those of you listening I know this is triggering and I, I've been there before where I've shared something like really deep and powerful and triggering to me and that I've been through and then the person was like okay <laughs> and they didn't mean it in a harmful way but it was like that's not you though that's something that happened to you you know what I mean? Life doesn't happen to you. It happens for you. It's for you to gather information about what to do next. And so once I snapped out of this victimized space and started working through those stories, I was able to get them off of me. Mm. Where now you guys don't even know the shit I've been through. Guess what? Because it doesn't matter. My dopeness is my dopeness is my dopeness. There you go. And I don't have to give you any more information. So I want you guys to be mindful of when you're using them because you kind of like the attention or the sympathy. Even a lot of, think of a lot of the activists and people online who are making careers out of their depression. Like full out careers. How do you make a career out of depression? How do you make a career out of oppression? Mm. It's a tricky thing because while they're quote-unquote helping us by being on the front lines a lot of times I wonder about their own mental health and what they're taking on you know if you're reactivating these things on a cellular level you know what I mean how are you of service I know you don't feel good talking about this all the time and at the end of the day you have to worry about yourself that's the only way that you can help anyone else so I would love for you guys to write down in a journal (laughs) The stories and be honest. (laughs) These guys are cracking me. I wish you could see their face. Be honest with yourself about what you're using as a cloak, (laughs) what you're using to gain sympathy, what you're using as a, I haven't done this because this happened to me. What you're using, we've all been there. So don't feel bad. Don't feel triggered. We all do. I still do it. I catch myself sometimes. I was listening to the episode I did with uh, Jade and XD. You could do a drinking game off of how many times I mentioned I was from the hood. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, God damn, I love that story. (laughs) I can't stand people begging for sympathy. This lady, this one lady. I used to work with her ass. Her chill broke on the way into work. All day, she act like, I'm supposed to be, ca- oh, well, do you need anything? Can I take that upstairs? <laughs> because her motherfucking heel broke. I ain't got nothing to do with you having half a shoe. Eileen. <laughs> That's your name today. Eileen, bitch. <laughs> I can't stand that. Uh, but just something to bring out, bring out <laughs> Dustin is. Half a shoe. I can't stand that. Uh, one up, one down. Two up, two down. VA. <laughs> Okay, a two two a town down for that as well. What's up? And like I said, it's not taking away uh, from what you've been through, but there comes a time where you have to confront it, confront it, and say, "Am I ready to get past this story? Right? Or do I still need it to get you to think, to think about me? Do I need it for you to feel about me? Do I still need it? You know what I mean? Like, why are you still using this?" And be honest with yourself. If not nobody else, please. <laughs> I mean, that's the realest for shit. Real. For real. <laughs> so that's it for this week's hot button and wellness segment. Oh, shit. Well, 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 well. <laughs> <laughs> mm, I, mm. <laughs> <laughs> At least they got 
got one song out of you today. Okay. <laughs> right. And now let's jump into Mr. Music Man. What you got for us today, Asante? It's the Music Man. And I'm back again. <laughs> I wish I could go up for real. Then I would go again, but I can't. So I won't. <laughs> so we have not done an icebreaker in a very long time. So I felt like, why not break the oh, ice? Oh, gosh. Ice is that, solid. It's a little solid. that last icebreaker got me in trouble. Look, look, that's what we have to take a break. <laughs> you don't like who? Right. <laughs> I'm never listening to the friend zone again. Never like your work anyway. <laughs> Woo! So, oh, my gosh. This actually um, was inspired a little bit by <laughs> what, so to bring it back from that, uh, you watching the Jay-Z footnotes, mm. I thought to myself, if I could interview, like, five people, mm. and not even for anything specific, like, if I could just interview, like, five hot rappers in the world, just, like, my five favorite musicians, who would I want to interview? So that is the question for you all. If you could sit in a room... Uh, and, dead or alive? Dead or alive. Mm. Okay, obviously, for me, one person would be Mary J. Blige. I mean, duh. Yes. Um... Who else do I feel like would have an interesting story to tell? I would like Drake to be at the table. Okay, um, that's a good one. I would like... Who else would I like to be at this table? Man, this is such a hard question. It's, it's for it to be spontaneous. Right. Because it requires so much thought, but we about to make this work. So give me Drake, Mary J. Blige. Give me... Um, who else? Dick Gregory. Yeah, he ain't no musician, but he, he was a rapper of sorts. So whatever. <laughs> Dick Gregory. Um, who else? Music. Um, oh my God. Okay. <laughs> Drake, Mary, Dick Gregory. Who would be funny that could sit at the table that did music? Give me. You know what? T.I. Put T.I. at the table. Um, and then give me, let me see. I need somebody else. <laughs> give me Justin Timberlake. For okay. a young a young perspective from him. So, yeah, give me us. Let's all sit at the table. Those of us that drink, I feel like we can have a lot to talk about. Drake grew up in the industry. Justin Timberlake did, too. Greg, Greg, Dick Gregory can school their asses. Mary J. Blige can be the voice of reason and the calm. You know what I'm saying? I'm with it. <laughs> and we can let Riley Burris be the bartender. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> I feel like Riley been here before. What? Like a stone. Riley Riley been here before. <laughs> Riley been here before. I'm telling you. She could offer some context. I'm telling you. Friend. <laughs> um I would interview Sade because don't nobody know nothing yeah. about Sade. <laughs> Has she ever done an interview? I don't think so. I don't think she's That's why ever. we love her, because she she maintained it. See, and she's actually prime example of the hot button issue. She's just a fantastic being. But when have we heard anything about what she's been through to get these songs out? No, you know what she did? She used the stories to create art. Instead of, like, dragging on. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think that's impressive. And it's admirable. I think that's something that I'm, like, striving for. To just be a complete whole fulfilled person without anything that's happened to me in the past and Sade represents that great choice she'd be mm. my number one um you know what Biggie oh my yes. god yes I feel like an you interview and Biggie with Biggie would, would be dope, dope. 
Low key, I would have to dig into a little deep into his story. Though, I, <laughs> I need to know. Me too, because you know his mama. Well, we have me and his mom have a connection. Really? I'll tell you about it later. Oh shit! <laughs> don't be swinging that on us. Just springing that on us. You know I know his mom. Oh, I don't know her. Let oh. me be clear. We have a connection. The degrees of separation you. aren't that far. I mean, you never know. Well, between. <laughs> Oh God! So, so, <laughs> so those would be my two. You said five. Let's see, Sade, Biggie. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of an artist. They could even be a producer or something. Oh God, Miles Davis. Ooh, with a horn or without a horn? <laughs> without the horn. Oh, okay. I would love because I I hear so much about him, like. You hear he was terrible. Some people say he was amazing. You get so many different sides of him. Granted, you could get that from any any of us. But I am so curious about him. Are they doing a? Weren't they doing a Don Cheeto? What happened to that? I don't know, but he looked great in the steals that I saw. And it's Don Cheeto, so you already know the quality. But I wonder what happened. It kind of came and went. Don Cheeto could play a pencil. You hear me? He can <laughs> add. Um, but he, I think Planet, Miles Davis would add a lot to the conversation. Oh, That's a great I would choice. love to interview him. Um, Do Maxine count? <laughs> I've seen him covers. <laughs> I need two more. Um, Michael and Janet. Oh, Michael. Man. He would be with the shit at the table, too. Michael, matter of fact, bye, T.I. Put Michael Jackson <laughs> at my table because I feel That's like fair. me and Mike could crack the joke. He would be with the shit. Mike would be so funny. Um, and he'd give a good interview, even though we know most of his life because there's so mm-hmm. many movies about it. But I think he would be... I would love to know more so about, like, the accusations and stuff and how he got through that and was still able to create, like, just that part of his life if he would even talk about it um i want to know who the people was that he said always told him be careful what you do don't go around people always told me i always want to know <laughs> oh who that was God. that was my he's first like, question he's like dj Khaled <laughs> with the they <laughs> they don't want us to they don't nice want us hey, who is the people so wait you know what i'm gonna do prince <gasps> yes because prince to me was brilliant and i feel like because he didn't do a ton of interviews at least not like in-depth interviews that went more into his life we don't really know the full scope of his brilliance i Mm -hmm. really feel that way because i've heard like little clips here and there just his thoughts on the government and race and all that and religion and i would love a talk with him um Damn, that's the lineup. Biggie, Sade, Miles Davis. I want to do valet at your dinner party. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to be there. Now valet. And then, let me see. You said producers, too. Quincy Jones. No. (laughs) That sounds mean. Big Quince. I love Quince. What about Kanye West? You know what? I would love to interview Kanye West. Now, you know who I would love to interview? Kanye West, Mama. Oh, that would be a great interview. Just because I would want to know the mother of someone to raise someone so tenacious, like, like, and his self pride and you know his ego. I'm so curious how that was formed. Interview both his parents. What was his dad in his life? Maybe not. I'm not sure. Yeah, that that would be mine. Your party gonna be lit. It is lit. That's mine. Who are your five? 
So, um, I want Amy Winehouse to be on the list. Mm-hmm. OMG. <laughs> I really... You killed it already. You won. I feel like she would definitely... We'd light up and we would talk about all the crazy shit because... She had some good music even before uh, that album. Too, uh, hello, so. I just want to know. Your beasties, T. Don't get me started on Amy Winehouse, Frank. <laughs> Don't get me started. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now I don't feel bad. Okay. So Amy Winehouse, um, Missy Elliott. Yes. I would. I. I had to have a million and one questions for Missy, like for then and now, <laughs> like um, Missy for sure. Uh, fuck. Okay. <clears throat> Now, y'all gonna look at me like I'm crazy, but Lil Uzi Vert. Really? I, I would I would love to interview him. I want to know everything that makes him tick. I want to know... Everything what, that makes him shimmy. Everything that makes him shimmy. <laughs> everything that makes him, like, just want to do and say the shit that he does. Why he got his tattoos. What tattoos he wants to get. Like, I want to know all of, like, what makes him wake up in the morning. Like, Lil Uzi Vert is so interesting to me. That's cute. Like, for a rapper... You know, everyone's like, oh, you know, rappers, they don't really have charisma like that. But then you have people like Future and Migos. Like, they all come out with, you know, not only just the style, but the attitude. And Lil Uzi Vert just comes out with, like, you know, pulling the gum out of his mouth and shit, shimmying. And it's, like, really interesting to me. So I would <laughs> definitely have to have him on the list. Maybe we'd be in Tokyo or somewhere Ooh, uh, having tea yes. and shit. Um, Enter the void. Oh, I definitely want to interview. Uh, I would love to sit down and have a really, 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 really long talk with RZA. Mm, like, especially after that book. I, outside of the book, and then he was on. He was on Snowfall. He had a cameo because you know he always acts like he always just got something in the bag brewing. So I would love to have a long ass conversation with RZA about life. Um, and is that it? Three, four. Um, Diddy. Diddy. Mm-hmm. I would want to know. Everything that, like, how did he got everything he wanted? Because I know he has literally everything he wants, and I know he wants way more. And I just want to figure out, like, how, like, did he, how you did that? Outside of the whole, like, you know, like, I want to know, I want to be a friend for a moment. I want to know about his childhood <laughs> and what were the things that really, like, who are the people that he looked up to? Because when he tells these stories on these albums, like, um, on the MM album, you know, he's got the songs like Money Making Mitch and Ooh, all these people. Damn. Yeah, that, that was an album song. that was super <laughs> You got to make me play that. That is my song. Welcome to the auction. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I think that was enough. I'm not sure. Yeah, he got to bring his own damn cheesecake, though, bro. Yeah, I'm not doing okay. that. I'm not going to Brooklyn again. Ain't going to be no, no cheesecake. No one foot in front of the other on today. But he can okay. bring Babs if he would like. Cause and Cassie. <laughs> oh, and definitely Cassie. Because Babs... <laughs> For Babs to have wrapped them bitches out the house at the time was yeah. super impressive to me. And the fact that she still will host the Queen of the Rings out in the Bronx is like... Which I want to go to. I have wanted to go to Queen of the Rings so bad. Listen, if if you are listening, so we want to go to Queen of the Rings. We will yes. be there, Fran. Do you, we going to Queen of the... We I want to go Queen. so bad. I've been <laughs> wanting to go. You want to go? I'm down. Let's go. Oh, Queen of the Ring. We going. Like, can we make we this gonna happen? We going to be there. We I want. I've the been ring. dying like die. y'all know. I love freestyles, freestyle Four battles, years. especially well, battle the girls. The best. It's good. I'm with it. Let's go, please. <laughs> yes, we're down. It's happening. So that was it for the icebreaker segment. Oh, um, late uh, listens lately. Um, Tay K that way. Free Tay K. Um, what else have I been listening to? Uh, Miguel has a new track. I'm about to tell you the title of it because it is the jam. 
Hold on one second, and I'm not talking about Skywalker. It actually came out today. And the name of this song is Shock and Awe. One word, Shock and Awe by Miguel. It is the jammers for the clubs. The track, the production is amazing. Miguel is doing what he always does, which is give us a cohesive body of work full of tracks that can all stand alone. And this track is more of the same from him in the best possible way. I'm going to have to listen to it in some headphones and shit. Mm-hmm. What about you, friend? Um, I have been listening to Dreezy. Hey, you still yeah, FDN? FDN is you my still- <laughs> I know people like, what? I love that song. So you you uh, put TT, the artist, on that playlist too then? <laughs> no, you didn't. But y'all know I like running to um ratchet music that makes me feel myself. That's I feel like it's important. It's an important part of your life. And I so that's that. And then Steve Lacey. Oh, yes. yes. I love that project. That some record is really dope to me. Um, Playboy Cardi do that shit. <laughs> oh, I love. I just love song. Playboy Cardi. Man, that's a good album. It's everything is a jam. And I'm dead at TT the artist lavish. So you do have TT the artist. Don't you don't know me, okay? You don't know what I've been through. I see your story. I see your Instagram story. <laughs> I'm dead. And then um. Yeah, I guess that's it. And I Enjoy You by Lewis York. Oh, that's forever. That is a a great, great segue. I Enjoy You is definitely the first track. If you have not heard, September, Sweet September is the name of the playlist. It is this month's playlist pledge for September. You have it. It is on my my Twitter, at Asante. Um, I will retweet it. Every time you ask me for, for it, I will give you the link. So just ask me for it. I have it on Spotify. And Apple Music. I don't have it on Tidal. I don't have it on Pandora. I don't even know how you would do that on Pandora. Somebody was tweeting me. was like, can you put this on Pandora? I was like, I don't even think they do that. No. Pandora is radio only. You can't put playlists on there. I don't know why you asked me that. But yes. (laughs) Louis York gets it started, followed by Lil Uzi Vert and company. So... Get into the playlist pledge for this month. Send me some change if you like it. It's a weed fund. It's a uh, weed fund. It's definitely a weed fund. I have one more. Tell me. I, have you guys ever listened to Boogie? <laughs> he has a song. <laughs> laughing at y'all's faces. He has a song called No Way. Hold on. Look at Fran putting that song. No way. Hey! No way. No way. No way. No way. No way. No way. Okay. That's catchy. That's catch me. Catch your feelings from my oh huh. No, no way. <laughs> so he's a vibe. Uh-huh. Well, that is a vibe I'm going to have to revisit. <laughs> that is it here over in the Music Man segment. Let's go on over to TV Land. Dustin Ross, what you got for us? Yay. Okay, so shout out to TV ah! Land this week. Uh, I just want to highlight Greenleaf. Hey, 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 huh? Mm-hmm. I saw all the <laughs> tweets of people agreeing with you. Yes. <laughs> that okay. was funny as well. Because we tired. She is annoying. She is. Charity is so draining. <laughs> On this week's episode, she literally asked a guy named Jabari who 
Charity got a type. And if you watch the show, that's all I need to say. Oh, my but, God. But um, the guy Jabari that I'm she dead. was going just hounding for some sort of confirmation of his attraction to her, I guess. Because they in the damn studio and she's like, do you like me? He's like, yes, I like everybody I make music with. She's like, no, but do you, do you like me, like me? He's like, we got to sell this song first and then we can have that conversation. Like, she has taken it personally that the girl, you know, Gospel artists, you know, yeah, everything is done for God or whatever. But you know, they be having an attitude in the studio. You know, they be wanting the songs, the riffs, and the runs to be a certain way. And they depicted that perfectly on Greenleaf because the singer that Charity and Jabari were writing music for was very picky on, like, how the bridge was sung on the song, all that other shit. It was perfect. And so, um, but Charity, she was taking that personally, you know? And Jabari was like, hey snap out of it he's like you know what's wrong with you like this is our job hello if that's how she wanted let's sing it that way Charity had an attitude had her ass all up on her shoulders about it or whatever not her ass on her shoulders she did she walked around with her ass on her shoulders about it and so then um, that's when she brought kicked it to Jabari and so finally at the end after she then fucking Floyd Mayweather them to death with all these emotional heavy ass questions about how he feels about her you know cause that's all she care about is validation and everything like that so then after he did all that, she he finally told her, okay, damn girl, yeah, I, we like each other, whatever. But she's like, it's because I got a baby, ain't it? He like, in a good way. I just recognize you got a lot going on. That's why I'm being distant. Relax. So I say, I bring the highlights from that scene up to say that Charity get on my nerves. <laughs> she's been getting on damn my nerves nice. and it's within reason, you know, whatever. Lady May, another knockout the park this week. Um, whoever is writing... <laughs> This show is doing such a good job. The way that her and the bishop immediately got in cahoots this week when they learned that um, when Carissa, who I said little Uzi verse should play, when she brought them the oh, she brought them the information about what Basie Skanks, which the fact that his name is Skanks is hilarious to me. When she brought him the information. Um, they told her basically what they were going to do and immediately the bishop and Lady May came up with a plan <laughs> to get uh, the church, get Triumph Church back because basically skanks all these people money and then the goons had knocked on the church door and beat his ass and then next oh thing God. you know it's his wife leaning down crying because he beat up covered with blood and he talking about come here, come here, it's alright, come here uh, no. First of all, I don't either one of us need to be going to each other. You sitting up here covered in the blood of the lamb, you know what I'm saying? And you're you going to tell me to come here and hug and get comfort, seek comfort. You get your ass up. This is a mega church. <laughs> you get your ass up and go in that shower in your office because you know the mega churches be having all kinds of facilities. Okay. Go in that shower, wash all that shit off, and then maybe we can rock and cuddle. Ain't no way you ain't finna make me feel better. You gonna make me feel worse. And it was some street nigga that beat you up. Ain't no telling what was on the weaponry, <laughs> the hand under the nails. You know what I'm saying? You saw what Tasha told Tyreek. You go down, go into the bathroom, and you scrub your nails with hydrogen peroxide and a toothbrush. I mean, wash like you've never washed before, which made me going over into power. Which made me question <laughs> Tasha's parenting Not because oh, okay. going back over into power, that made me question <laughs> Tasha's parenting because why? I know Tyreek, you know, is a little left of center when it came to <laughs> grasping concepts and things <laughs> like that. But why do you have to go into such detail about how to clean your body up after he just killed somebody? I'm, I'm not no bitch. The little <laughs> Ray Ray, remember Ray Ray told him, you uh, pull the trigger then. I know you did. You killed my sister. 
I'm gonna get you back. Oh and my so God, he was like, he like Yeah, this. you know, and he called him a bitch or whatever, and then he killed him. You know, you gotta clean up. Why they gotta tell you all that? <laughs> then I'm gonna tell you something else. Because it's like a different clean that I you mean, need to do. Okay. Yeah, I she mean, I agree. Emphasize. You know, he might need to use steel wool instead of a loofah, but the point <laughs> is, okay, <laughs> the point is, <laughs> you should know that by now, okay? Ooh. Second of all, <laughs> Second of all, power, you know, these riders, it's like a, I can tell when it's shift change. That's all I'm going to say. Because for at a certain point, them riders, they batting a thousand. And then at a certain point in the episode, it's like they just throw the scripts on the table and say the hell with it. Prime example. They're like, let's go online. The episode was written so beautifully. We get to the end, right? Now we're talking about Tommy, Ghost, and Tasha cleaning up behind a murder. The three sure bets for getting away with some foul shit on, on, uh, that was good, on, <laughs> on the show, right? Why? Tell me how they end up, they go through the first thing Tommy does is start picking up the bullets by hand, right? So you get the illusion, then he, they roll in the dead body up in the damn rug, which, it looked cheap, so, you know, they'd be having that hard plastic back. The blood wasn't going through that. Oh, my God. So they do all this, and they clean it up. You think they're getting away with whatever. Then here comes who? A USA Valdez, the person that we hate of all hates. You know how we got Jade of all Jades? Angela is hate of all hates. Everybody <laughs> hates Angela. So Angela comes in and goes straight to the damn wall talking about, what's this? There's a bullet in there. Run the diagnostics or run it so we can get Why to Why does she do that? <laughs> There's a bullet in there. Run it. She, she always talks it. like she's tired. <laughs> she There's a bullet in there. Run the diagnostics and get the gun. <laughs> My point is, at that point, I guarantee the writers had been there probably. It was probably a 9 to 9 shift, whatever. It was about 8.45 when they got to that point. They said, the hell with it. She just see the bullet in the wall. Fuck it. That's what they did. How, you can't tell me Tommy wouldn't have missed a bullet in the wall when they cleaning up behind a murder. Okay? But in his defense, mm -hmm. he wasn't there when it happened, so he didn't see. You know, like he didn't get You don't the think full Fran, you don't think Tommy. He Tommy Egan, okay? <laughs> Tommy Teresi. Okay. You don't Genuine think that he's going to Tyrese. comb the room, sweep the room for maybe, let's see. A gun went off. I'm trying to cover this up. Where would it maybe go? Maybe right. I should look around the walls and shit in the room to see if anything got hit. <laughs> that AUSA Valdez can just saunter on in the room. <laughs> I hate her so but basically yes. you know that's all I want to talk about on TV and there's one other thing that we just do need to discuss uh oh it's Baller Wives I knew it was Baller Wives I don't know how I knew yeah, I, I feel like you don't really talk about it because I'm trying not to talk about it you Boy, get what I'm saying there's so many things about the show that I like right I like the fact that all of these people are in these marriages and trying to make them work. I like the fact that it's affluent black people. I like the fact that um, there are people in the cast who are attempting to carry themselves with some sort of dignity and sense of decorum. I like all of that. And I like the fact that it's executive produced by Michael and Kiaka. Kiaka. I mean, hell, Kiafa, Kiaka, whatever. Six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. But her name is Kiafa. Oh, my God. So, but I like the fact that all of that is being displayed. What's making me sick, and I was trying so hard not to talk about this and this person specifically, but I can't hold it anymore. Miko Grimes is driving me crazy on Baller Wives. and Miko is acting kind of weird it on is, It is so... <laughs> trying to get a spinoff? 
it is a ad. She's trying to get spinned off. That's what <laughs> right. she's trying to do. It's totally detrimental to anything that she had that could keep her on the show. Right. She is purposely seeking out conflict, purposely taking these left of center ass opinions that make absolutely no sense just for the sake of keeping conflict going on. And I just can't take it no more. I've been trying to be nice. I ain't said nothing about her titties being counterclockwise. I haven't said nothing about any of that. I haven't said nothing about it looking like literally she's vacuum sealed. I haven't said anything about that, right? Miko literally looks like, you know how they have them infomercials where you take the food and you put it in the machine and suck all the air out and it lasts forever? That's how Miko looked. Yeah. And then it looked like literally she hooked up and then the machine was like, click. You know she was talking the whole time Pulling all Vacuuming all the air Out of her Right Complaining Asante Oh hell no I'm, I'm not gonna fix myself up I'm not going to it. I just don't She literally looks preserved Y'all are a mess And we tired The thing is We wouldn't even be Talking about her like that If she would Do the right thing Point being this Right You literally Are, are checking people In defense of your friend Who told this girl Good, I'm glad your mother's dead. Can we just tell friend that part? She told the girl, good, I'm glad your mother's dead. The girl says something about like, yeah, your mama. She's like, yeah, your mama. And she's like, my, mom's, my mother's dead. And then she says, good, I'm glad. After that Mid- happens, to- their friend literally, like they said on uh, at the beginning of Funkdified, baptized in the funk. When I tell you their friend threw the drink of all drinks on this <laughs> on this girl, the problem was the girl that said that the comment about good your mom's dead, she was pregnant. And so... Oh, God. Right. Like, so they threw a drink on her. So what? Okay? We ain't throwing on the baby. Ain't nobody pushed you down. Nothing oh like God, that. You know, you just so got a drunk. You yeah. just got a drink doing. You so all right. What? You know, ain't nothing harmed. <laughs> I get it because I believe, you know, obviously pregnant women should be protected with the protection of whatever it takes, of Julius. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> From Parkwood. But what I'm saying yeah. is... You can't really get mad that somebody threw a drink in your face after you just told somebody, good, I'm glad your mother's dead. I mean, and you, Miko, okay, who, sidebar, Miko and Chef Roble look a lot alike in the face. And I just realized, like, if you do a side-by-side, oh Miko look in a good way. Chef Roble is, Chef Roble is cool. <laughs> Chef Roble is very he handsome, is cool. very handsome. He He's handsome. Was... Miko just handsome, too. That's all. But anyway, <sighs> so... Um, it's Kill just been Miko, Miko literally tries to defend this And so now she's seeking out Conflict with the other girls For it And mm. it's just We just I feel like I'm so I guess I'm just so disgusted Because we had an opportunity To bring Something Not necessarily different To the landscape of reality television But just a new attempt To do it right And I feel like There's enough people Populating this cast Who are aware of that And are um, manifesting that in their actions, right? And in the things that they do on camera. It's like Miko and her friend Stacy, but especially Miko, is purposely infusing all of the things that we're sick of about reality TV into this show when it could have been good without all the drama. This is a show where we really don't need conflict for it to be interesting. We really are interested in seeing their family lives. We really are interested in seeing them interact with their husbands. The show opened with Kiafa checking Mike Vick about uh, his comments about Colin Kaepernick and needing a haircut and shit. So we don't need Miko calling her. I'm mad because she ain't come to my party. And that means she ain't, we ain't friends. I'm calling, I'm checking her as a woman. We don't need all of that shit. Take that shit to 
wherever, 50, whatever, wherever, whatever, whoever's doing that, take it there. We didn't need it on Baller Wives. And it's like, when you've committed to watching this and you want to see all these other storylines that are far more deserving of being viewed, when you want to see those, you have to, like, put up with it. It's just like the Facts of Life theme song. You take the good, you take the bad. You take Miko, and there you have the Facts of Life. Like, <laughs> that's what it is. So. Oh, my God. I've been meaning it's just... And what's crazy is the the woman that threw the drink, she was even willing to apologize. She she if, was there. Yeah. The woman even stated, she said, when Kiafa's mama passed, she was there bedside with her. So that's why she threw the drink on her. She was like that. Because uh, oh. she was Kiafa's... Um, it offended her that much. Right. Because she witnessed She's like the, her mother's health the decline. I said it was Oh, there. no. I'm like, and she was there when it happened? <laughs> no. This show's okay. terrible. So the, the woman was saying, you know, why it meant so much to her and why she threw the drink. And she was saying, you know what? I'll meet you halfway. Like, I will apologize for throwing the drink because that was wrong. If she apologizes to my friend for her her comments. And then Miko was like, I don't get down. Like, she didn't say that to her, but she was like, I don't get down with bitches like that. Someone that apologizes only so they can get something else. Mm-mm. I don't and trust then she bitches. said, and why are you infusing yourself? This is this is y'all shit, Kiafa. That's you and... And um, what's her name? Starts with S. Stacy. That's you and Stacy. Shit. Why is she even in it? Well, hello, so Miko. You... You're literally here. <laughs> you know, on behalf of your friend being offended. What? What? And that's what I'm talking about. It's so sloppy. It's so lazy. It's so elementary, which makes it so offensive to watch. It's like I can't even believe you think that the viewers at this point in watching reality TV would even fall for this. Why didn't you want to make a better show than this? Miko, since you know every goddamn thing, why didn't you want to bring something better to the landscape since you have a degree in journalism and they wanted you? And you, she literally says things like, Kiafa talking about we ain't friends, that's cool. I got a line of people knocking at my door wanting to be friends with me. <laughs> and you telling us. You ain't just bringing them on the show that? and rotating. Well, you just going to tell us. She talked to her son about all of this drama Which from is... a very, talking about, I, we, you know, we can have a good relationship. We can, he can handle these concepts. He's seven, but he's, the, no. Seven. So Lisa Nicole, I don't like that. He's, you're talking to him about something that is stupid to adults. So can you imagine <laughs> the struggle that this little guy is having to go through to comp- try to comprehend all this? I'm just really sick of Miko Grimes on this show. I don't know her personally, so this ain't no personal attack. Right. But on the show, she sucks. Okay? And yeah, that's, just, that's just what it is. Needs improvement. Y'all ready to move on? <laughs> Black salute me. And now we get to see what you guys want to talk to us about in the Asking for a Friend segment. What you got for us this week, Asante? So... As per usual, <laughs> don't forget to email us at the friend zone at loudspeakersnetwork.com with all of your questions, comments, concerns, and all that jazz. And all that jazz, because we started with Chicago and that was another number. Dead. <clears throat> Start the car. Sorry. We have an update actually. Uh, hey. I was going to read the name, but I remember we don't do that. Um, this was Boots that wrote in about them. <laughs> Needed, them wondering if they needed to, uh, you know, keep their sex to them, themselves. Like, should they stop having sex and focus on building because of uh, their prior engagement, which we weren't too sure of. So, Boots writes, I'm writing back to clear the air a little bit. <laughs> I love it when they start with that. That's when you know the shit is going to be real deep. Put your boots on, y'all. <laughs> Got to wade in the shit water. Let's go, Sunday. 
Okay. I didn't want to write too much and y'all say, hell no, we not reading all that. <laughs> also, Boots is a name given to me by him. Nothing I use consistently. So I'll be sandals for now. <laughs> I told you it was coming. <laughs> However, I did fail to mention in my previous email that there were good morning texts, dates, and mushy good nights. After the third sexual encounter, I slept over with this person in the spooning position. <laughs> we hadn't had any arguments because this was the person that just left them high and dry and shit. Like everything was, they were friends for a long ass period of time, but then they fell out and then they got back together, but then they started being sexual buddies. And then the other person was like, I got to focus on school and shit. I'm getting the fuck up out of here. And so we couldn't figure out, if, I remember I could not figure out if I felt like Boots was leaving shit out or not. Or Sandals now. Sandals. So Sandal says, we hadn't had any arguments, nor have there been any reasons given to not trust in one another's capability of having a relationship of any form. I guess what I'm asking is, is the sex what's causing such confusion and making these sorts of disappearances take place? I can be very affectionate during sex, which can definitely be taken the wrong way. So I'm not sure if I just need to stop making love and fuck or stop sexing altogether. So they still, so they do want to know if they think that they are just being too lovey-dovey during sex. I guess one way to find out. So do you no oral next time? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> None of that shit tonight. <laughs> there you go. See, so RPC, so um, I am just. No ATM, no DTM, okay. no PTM. Go. And today, I'm not asking. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I'm asking, I'm asking for it. <laughs> um, well, sandals, boots, slash sandals. Birkenstock. Birkenstock. Tiva. <laughs> I want you to answer this first. Do you think he should just stop having sex? Do you think... I feel like he maybe feels like he's being... I think the sex thing is much more in Boots' head than it is the other guy. I think that the other guy has been really clear about what he wants, and now at this point it's just Boots trying to figure out where it came from and what to Mm -hmm. do. But I think at this point your decision on moving forward should be motivated by kind of what you want versus what you think he's reacting to or responding to. So if you don't want to now share that much of yourself, I I think you need to make a definitive separation between your sexual behavior and them having an emotional context, right? So because you're passionate or affectionate during sex, which don't mean nothing but you kiss or rub their face or probably look them in the eye while you're doing certain stuff. So because you're doing that, um, I don't want you to think that that is, is being understood as you wanting more than what's going on in that moment. Like in that moment, those reactions that you're displaying are being attributed to your actions, literally, <laughs> at that moment versus you, you know, wanting more. So I don't really think you should take all that out. I just think you need to make a decision for yourself, boots, about what <laughs> right. you want to do moving forward. Like have the kind of sex that you want to have that satisfies you. However, make the separation in your head. Like this person has already identified, you know, X, Y, Z. So I'm clear on that. So for me to be happy and feel content, I am comfortable with, and then you fill in that blank and move forward that way. Damn. I agree. <laughs> Literally nothing to add. Three times shit. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I feel like I was going to just give you some really toxic advice and be like, I think you should just keep fucking and see what happens because I don't see... I mean... 
unless you, because like Dustin said, you in your head now about this. So unless you are thinking about relationships and if you giving everybody relationship dick too soon like it's you think, dick. I, well he was saying he was making it seem like his sex was too good or he's being too affectionate so then people might think oh this could be really good do i want this or do i not when it could just be we just fucked and now you thinking about me thinking about all this stuff because of what happened you know what has been happening versus you just fucking and shit happens and you just keep it moving but that sounds really toxic compared to how Dustin worded it. So I'm just going to go with Dustin. <laughs> and no, but you know what? That's a, <laughs> that's a reason why I, and obviously I'm speaking for myself, I can't have like one night stands or casual sexual relationships because the type of sex I have, I guess, would be equivalent to that. I don't know how to just fuck you and then be like, call me. <laughs> like, I mean, I could do that, but I know that the effect is never that. And because I know that, I don't put people in that position. Have you watched um, Marlon's new show? I have. Have you watched it? It's funny. (laughs) I saw an episode about when he wanted to show them about living in the projects. Oh yeah, and the other what other episode did I see? (laughs) Yes, I was wrong. And shout out out to his stylist too. Whoever is styling him, he be dressed for real. He had on a badass pair of black boots the other day and his coat. I was like, you know, he did a video with Shameless Maya. I did. Yeah, to promote the show. They did um the whisper challenge. That's the only reason I watched. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and it was a really it. cute Shout video because you Maya. guys know they're both hilarious. That so them together in a video was like I was in stitches. It was yes. so funny. So, so check that out too before you check the show out. Watch watch that video and it's gonna give you an appreciation for when you watch the show. They're both <laughs> Maya and Marlon are both hilarious. Anyway, I brought up Marlon's show because there was an episode. Where, uh, oh, on, on the show, his wife is played by Essence ex-wife. Atkins. Mm-hmm. Or his ex-wife, yes. His ex-wife is Essence Atkins. And there's this episode where they're playing Never Have I Ever. And they're like, Never Have I Ever uh, Slept With an Ex. And everybody has except for her. And they thinking like, ah, well, sure, after y'all got divorced, y'all was fucking. And so they decided that they were going to do it. Oh, my And so, God. <clears throat> you know, he explained, Marlon was talking about how he's <laughs> fucked so many people since they got divorced. And she was like, you know, I've never just had to hit it and quit it with an ex. And so they were going to try it. But then at the very last minute, his ass, Marla, was the one that caught feelings. Because he was like, you making it look all sexy in here and shit? Like, you look, making it seem like you're trying to get back together or something. It's supposed to be a, he kept making funny jokes. Like, it's supposed to be a hit it and quit it, not a uh, tap it and trap it and all this (laughs) other shit. Like, it's funny as fuck. But this made me think of that. So thank you once again, uh, Boots Slash Sandals, for writing into the show and writing right. back to clarify. Exactly. I wish you the best of luck in all of your sexual endeavors. Me and too. That you meet the one or the many. Boots, <laughs> I hope you have for. good time knocking boots. <laughs> one or boots. the many. Whatever you are looking for. No judgments here. Just knock them boots, girl. Just <laughs> Or not girl, damn. Boots. <laughs> knock them boots, boots. <laughs> <laughs> Just knock them boots, sandals. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> knocking the sandals. All right. Well, I guess that does it for this week's episode of The Friend Zone. <sighs> oh! <laughs> Shout out to everybody. I had fun. <laughs> Thank you guys, as always, for listening. We love you guys. Do you guys have any church announcements before we head out of here? Not just yet, but I'm about to have some good ones. I mean, some good ones. <laughs> I so love stay it. Stay tuned. <laughs> what about you? Uh, also, that stay tuned because there's more to see. Unbreakable. Oh what about God. you, friend? 
Um, DC, you guys are the next stop on the tour. DC? And oh, it's a double that? stop. So I'll see you guys on Saturday and I'll see you guys on Sunday. Yes. And then we have Charlotte, Seattle, and Houston to go. And a lot of you have been asking if we're still going to Houston. And we are still going to Houston because we love you. And I think if there's a time to have this tour stop, it is now. And Word. that's that. So that's it for us this week. Thank you guys, and we will catch you guys next week. See y'all next week. Stay black and protect your magic. (laughs) Bye. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that.